magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. There you go. All right, here we go. Boy, it's been a heck of a morning to start the show off today. And for uh, those of you who are joining us, thank you. Uh, it is uh, it is though a bandit walked into our studio last night and said, how difficult will it be on Rob and Casey this morning if I do the following eight things. Feels like Monday in here today. You know what it reminds me of? Isn't it out in Oakland where they have the possum living in the press box? Yes, the Oakland Athletics, yes. And it, it's making a problem for the visiting broadcast team. Are we the visiting broadcast team? Well, except, Casey, in the case of what you're mentioning, uh, you're talking about an animal with yeah. no real cognitive thought. Yeah. In this case, it would take a human being with arms and legs and, well, assu- we're assuming some semblance of uh, firing synapse in their brain, though uh, I don't know based on the condition the studio was left in. But we're here. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. We have so much to get to today. Yes. And gosh darn it, people just... Just love to be as inconsiderate as possible, but that is not our audience's problem. Let's go. <laughs> it is Wednesday, May 3rd. It's seven minutes after nine, and you are listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So President Biden and his deputy chief of staff appear to have met with three of Hunter Biden's business associates, at least one of whom was a foreign national. And this happened in the White House in the summer of 2011. This is when Joe Wait. Biden was vice president. Wait. No, no, I, no, I, I am. For real. I, I have heard the words that came out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. I have, while maybe not mastered the English language, I did get at least a B in every single English course I ever took through college. So I feel as though I have a capability to repeat back to you what you just said, and you can correct me if indeed I am wrong on this. Okay, okay? let's I, go. Like a little exercise for the audience. Sure. You're telling me that in 2011, yeah. Hunter Biden mm-hmm. facilitated a meeting between his dad, Joe Biden, who was then in his first term as vice president, with a business associate who just also happened to be a foreign national. Yes, that is correct. I did articulate that back to you exactly as you had said it to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Well, that is really wild because Joe Biden on numerous occasions has said he had absolutely no idea about his son's business dealings. No knowledge. And it appears not only did he know about the business dealings, he engaged in said business dealings in the White House. Yes. Hunter Biden was the one who, what did he do? He's the one who made them formally meet. Oh, yeah. That, that's, you got them all together. That's called Hooking them up. Yes. I believe the phrase you're looking for is hooking them up. Yes. Now, Casey. He was the conduit. If I were to tell you, and again, you are not vice president, though our country would be markedly better if you were instead of Kamala. If I were to come to you, Casey, in our just our little radio show that we do here each day, and and um, I said, Casey, I have someone who would very much like to meet you. So let's role play for the audience here. Sure. Casey. Yeah. I have someone who would very much like to meet you. Mm-hmm. Your response. Okay. Who? What are we doing? Okay, great. Who? What are we doing? Yeah. What, do, what t- do I have to wear? Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> and then I'm going to give you a name. Yeah. And then you might, there might be some assumption, especially, I mean, normal people would do this. The vice president, you'd think is a higher level. Who is this person? Right. 
Why am I meeting with them? Exactly. Because yeah. I don't know about you, but what? I cannot just waltz into the White House and say I'm here to see the Veep. Right. What What do they want? What's going on? Why am I meeting with this person? Yes, absolutely. But we are led to believe now that apparently Joe Biden does not do that. Just anyone during the Obama presidency could waltz their ass into the White House and sit down and have a meet and greet with the vice president of the United States. No reservation necessary. And, well, you know, and the thing is, when this meeting is being set up by your uh, drug-addicted son, yes. Yes. it doesn't raise any questions right. with him? No, no, it's uh, absolutely Sure, not. sure, son, whatever you need. So, again, another, I'm not going to call the president of the United States pathological liar because I have... Well, I have such reverence for the office that I would not I would not stoop to using that sort of terminology. However, it would appear that the president either once again, because this has happened numerous times now, Casey, mm-hmm. where it has been proven that Joe Biden had meetings with Hunter Biden's buddies, many of them in the Oval Office, his business buddies. It appears the president's memory may be worse than we thought because this seems pretty clear cut. I do not recall. <laughs> That is one of his favorite answers. You know what else he doesn't recall? Yes. Ever meeting one of his grandchildren. That's right. Because yes. he hasn't actually met her. Not only has he not met her, he won't even acknowledge her existence. Well, we talked about this the other day. What Joe Biden was in the had some event with a bunch of kids there at the at the uh, White House. Take and, your kid to work day. And he with. Uh, intricate detail describes all six of his seven grandchildren, how old they are, what they do, how they contribute to society. If they're small children, he goes into their ages. And then he left the one grandchild, just didn't even mention. Off the list. The the grandchild that Hunter had with the stripper. Mm -hmm. And that is really, really disgusting. And now he has appeared in court trying to reduce his child support payments. Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden yes. is. Not only does he not want the family to acknowledge her, he doesn't even want to support her existence. Oh, yeah. Um, Corinne Jean-Pierre did get asked about this mm-hmm. because, again, we know that it is Hunter Biden's kid. A DNA test has proven that. And the fact that Joe Biden went out of his way to not mention said a grandchild did raise some red flags to just a couple members of the media. And uh, she had absolutely no comment about that. I wanted to ask about the trial going on in Arkansas with Hunter Biden and the child support. Are the president and first lady monitoring that? And how come they haven't acknowledged the seventh grandchild? I'm not going to speak to that from here. Sorry, you get no answer. So the other day at the Take Your Child to Work event, Joe Biden said, I have six grandchildren. I'm crazy about them. And I speak to them every single day. Wow. Not a joke. Yeah, not a joke. Not a joke. Well, except for the seventh grandchild. Right. Won't speak to that one ever. Casey, question. Yes. Did you know yesterday was election day? I I do know that. I went and voted. I've got a story, too. Yeah, we'll get into your story later because you had a a little run in at the polling place Mm -hmm. that is worthy of uh, mentioning. Um, But when we come back, there were all sorts of election results. uh, Big doings in the Indy mayor primaries Mm -hmm. on the Democrat and Republican side. And so when we come back, Jim Merritt, who was a part of the radio coverage last night for WIBC, 30 years in the Indiana Senate. Him and John Herrick did a great job they for did, us. and he will be with us to break down the Shreve versus Hogsett matchup that is coming your way this fall. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Last night was election night, and in the city of Indianapolis, we have a mayoral uh, general election set. It is Jefferson Shreve on the Republican side against Joe Hogsett on the Democrat side. Here to break down what happened last night and across central Indiana, the man who was part of WIBC's election night coverage, 30 years in the Indiana Senate, former state senator Jim Merritt. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Robert. Well, we certainly appreciate you joining us on the DriveHubler.com hotline. So I wasn't necessarily surprised at who won. If you'd have held a gun to my head, I would have said it was going to be Hogsett and Shreve. However, I was surprised by the margin, basically roughly two to one in both of those races. You're the expert. What say you? Well, first of all, uh, Rob, it's great to be with you this morning. Uh, the mayor, Mayor Hogsett, um, the power incumbency in Indianapolis is so strong. And um, he kind of ran a, uh, a quiet campaign. Representative Shackelford has, has done a great job for her constituents over in the legislature, but that just did not translate in a mayoral run. And and for the Republican side, uh, Jefferson Tree ran a good campaign, a well-funded campaign. Uh, Abdul uh, did all the right things, but uh, and yet uh, Jefferson Shreve carried the day with that large, large uh, campaign uh, war chest. Well, let's look at the mayor's the mayor's side, the actual mayor Hogsett. I think people said, "Well, does she have a chance?" She being Robin Shackelford, and I said, "No," because it didn't appear like Hogsett played any offense whatsoever in this mayoral primary. And you know, with three million bucks on hand, Jim, if he had felt, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble or she's gaining some sort of momentum, he would have been running ads and had newspaper ads and radio ads and TV ads. There was almost nothing from Hogsett. Yes, and she didn't lay a glove on him. Uh, she she lined up some things that Representative Shackelford lined up some ideas that she would do as mayor. But in the end result... It, it just didn't it didn't impact uh, the mayor's campaign whatsoever. And and one could say that the mayor just did not. He, he just didn't have a campaign. Uh, he may have made some appearances with uh, his Democrat uh, opponents, but uh, he pretty much you know stayed. He pretty much stayed in the basement as as the president did in his campaign in 2020. Jim Merritt's our guest, talking about uh, last night's Indy mayoral primary as uh, Joe Hawks at Jefferson Shreve, the overwhelming winners. Let's talk about the Republican side. Again, Abdul had a lot of name ID. I think when he got in, he thought he was going to be the front runner. He was when he got in, but it don't matter how much name ID you got. You don't have 1.5 million or whatever Shreve spent of name ID. You know, whenever you um, whenever you're turned on the TV, as they say, uh, you saw an ad for Jefferson Shreve, and uh, he had a he had a hiccup in the beginning, as you recall, uh, coming out with a uh, kind of an anti woke message. Uh, but he straightened that out, and he went biography. He 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 talked about last night in his in his speech, his victory speech. He talked about being a son of Indianapolis, and uh, and carried the day. Uh, Jefferson Shreve will have to uh, sharpen that image, sharpen that. Um, that that point in the next six months if he's going to have any chance any chance to win jim i'm curious i saw a statistic that said there was a 25 percent turnout historically is that high or low well uh, regardless casey and good morning at least we have a professional on the line with us now Uh, (laughs) 
You're so kind, Jim. <laughs> uh, Casey, it's uh, 25%. That, you know, that's kind of embarrassingly low, regardless if it's more or less than last time. I'm sure there are more people when, when it comes to the totals, more people that came out. I did not have an opponent in in 2019 and so there might be more people that actually voted uh yesterday but still uh everybody it's it's a um, very important uh point in our democracy for everybody to vote and every vote if you look at the anderson mayor totals on both sides republican and democrat every vote counts one, the Republican won by four votes, and the and the Democrat won by 32. And so I remind everybody listening this morning, it's so very important to vote. And I'm sure Jefferson Shreve will, will be talking about uh, the the mayor's record in the next five or six months. And do we ne- do we want another four years? Uh, Jim, a lot more Democrats cast ballots uh, in the primary than Republicans. I think it was something like 15,000 more. Uh, do we make anything out of that? Or do we just say, well, there's a lot more Democrats in the city, so a lot more going to vote in the primary? I think that's it. And, and also the power incumbency. I think I think uh, it, there was just a rush to the polls, if you will. <laughs> that's the slowest wanna, rush I've ever seen, you Jim. You want to call it that. What's that? I said that's the slowest rush I've ever seen. If that's a rush to the polls, but it does show it's that's almost a crawl, Rob. Well, it's almost impossible <laughs> to get fired if you're an incumbent because could you do a worse job than Joe Hogsett has done? And yet he just keeps winning. And it's up to Jefferson Shreve to to demonstrate that a change is is necessary. And and uh, I, I'm certainly hope that uh, that uh, Jefferson recalls. Uh, are, are we better off in Indianapolis than we were four years ago? Are we better off? If you look at the total record in in eight years, and it's up to Jefferson Shreve to demonstrate, to paint the picture, Robert, uh, of what we're doing, uh, what we're doing right, or what we're doing wrong in Indianapolis, and and I think there's a lot of uh, items, a lot of points that uh, Jefferson Shreve can point out in the next in this coming campaign. All right, you guys ready for a hot take? And then I'm going to back it up with some evidence, and then we'll we'll let you go. Are you guys ready? You ready, Casey? Do it. Hot take. You ready, oh, Merritt? Mm-hmm. All right, Jefferson Shreve has absolutely no chance to win this mayor's race. Okay. Well, it, 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 in a uh, county that is 60-40 Democrat-Republican, uh, it, it, the Jefferson Shreve is going to need every break, and he's going to have to ha- have a very professional in uh, in a, a very, um, he's just going to have to explore lots of things. But it comes down to if we're in Indianapolis, if we're happy with the last eight years, Joe Hawks is going to win. And here's what here's why I say this: There's two reasons to say it. Number one, Mears got elected overwhelmingly last year. If that guy wins and wins overwhelmingly against a pretty good Republican, okay, that's strike one. But strike two: last night in Indianapolis. All three of those school referendums not only passed, Mm. but they passed overwhelmingly. And if that is the intellect of the voter we're dealing with here, that they think the public education system, especially a just a complete dumpster fire like IPS, the answer is more money. Well, you're not getting through to those people, Jim. Tell me if I'm wrong. Jefferson Shreve has a mountain to climb. <laughs> Thank you. I got, take. I'll take that as, uh, as correct. Hey, well, uh, this is your Thursday segment today since there was the election. So where can people find you? At Jim, at Jim underline Merritt. And I Merritt the morning with uh, Brad Kloppenstein every other Thursday. Our good friend, former Senator Jim Merritt. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. What is the future? Let's find out. 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline. We talked to one of the best in the business, the great, the great Mark Deedle. How are you, my friend? I'm doing very well. Rob and Casey, how are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing great. Full disclosure. Obviously, everybody knows you advertise on this show, but we have you on because you're one of the best in the business. Tell us the condition of the real estate market right now. We had you on a couple uh, months ago. It seemed like you said, hey, not much change despite interest rates going up. How are we doing out there? Okay, your timing is impeccable because it's May 2nd mm-hmm. and we just had the April 2023 numbers came out, uh, just came out. And I happened to be looking at it and here's a really, really interesting number. There's only been two times in the last eight years where the actual new listings, active inventory has gone down mm. from March to April in the same year. So, number one was prepaid. Was number one was 2020, and we all know what was happening in March of 2020. We were shutting down the economy at a national level, and the only other time is right now. Wow! The actual new listings have gone down. So, what does that mean, really quick? It means we are in an inventory shortage mm-hmm. uh, time, and we're really getting back to multiple offers again. Okay, so people aren't selling their houses; they're not moving. So, what does that do? That means prices are going up. Yes, that's exactly right. And if you remember, I've talked in the past about something called an absorption rate, and that's the number of months of inventory that's on hand that if there wasn't any other uh, homes that came on the market, we'd, we would be at zero inventory. So way back in, 20, uh, way back in 2008 or nine, it was like eight to nine months. During the really, really tough time the last few years when we had a really severe shortage, we were at 0.6, which is, you know, 0.5 to 0.6, about a half a month. In January of 2023 this year, we are at 2.7. So we were seeing that absorption rate going up. For April, just now that we finished, the entire Indianapolis market is at 1.1. Wow. So it's going back down. A level market is two is four months of inventory, just so the audience knows. Uh, Mark Deedle, our guest, talking about real estate uh, in central Indiana. So usually, you know, when you raise the interest rates, money's more expensive. People can't pay as much for the home because the payment's going to be higher. It appears, is that having any impact? Well, it obviously, it, it there's no question it did in 2022 and going towards going at the end of 2022 and coming into 2023. But what's happened is interest rates have actually just ticked back a little bit from the highs. Uh, and you know how we are kind of as um, just people, uh, those shocks kind of kind of go away. You know, you kind of forget a little bit. So you start looking at what monthly payment I can afford. So we still have a pretty decent demand that's built up in the market. And on a normal seasonal uh, market, now's the time when those buyers start coming back into the market, coming off a holiday. But the challenge is, is the resale inventory. People, unless they have a a pretty serious life event, people aren't as willing to walk away from mortgages that they have probably at three and a half, four, 
and they're just not going to move uh, as easily as they did before because they're walking away from a really low interest rate. So that's slowing the amount of um, inventory, the amount of homes that are coming onto the market. Yeah, well, that's because they know that they're going to have to, if they you know, refinance or buy a new home, the interest rate's going to be higher and the home price is going to be higher as well. You're exactly right. All right, Mark Deedle, our guest. We're talking about real estate in central Indiana. So let's talk about these assessments, because obviously the assessments are based on what people sell their homes for. People are getting these sticker shocks. They got them last year. They're, again, this year, these massive assessment increases and the property taxes that come along with them. Are you worried about that at all? Because a lot of people are saying, man, I'm going to have trouble making the mortgage payments. Well, that's something we need to watch, but really still, I mean, we're in a time period where foreclosures are still incredibly low. And when I say foreclosures, people are in financial stress situations, so they're having a hard time obviously making their payment, and then they're obviously having a hard time with their property taxes. So, I mean, that's something we have to watch. Uh, unfortunately, um, you know, you can't have the um, the good without the bad. And when you have values going up and you can sell your home and you're um, getting a lot of appreciation, well, you know, the consequences of that is is it's going to have a higher assessed value because they're trying to match that more with the fair market value. And then, hence, your property taxes go up. So it is a little bit of a, just a byproduct of the success that people have when their uh, homes appreciate in value. What sort of buyer are you seeing the most of? Are you seeing families? Are you seeing retired people what is the demographic that you're engaging with we are seeing right now and i've talked to we have eight buyer agents we have a lot of first time kind of new buyers um they're you know those gen actually um those kind of gen zers i mean that that age group that's kind of the first time home buyer and a really big question right now is down payment assistance. We actually had a a conversation with our lender about, hey, how can we uh, make sure we're communicating with our buyers who need some down payment assistance and what products are out there that can help them uh, get into a home? Well, that's really interesting. They want to get in the market. However, they don't have the down payment to do it, but they feel they can swing the monthly payment. Yeah, they might have a great debt-to-income ratio on a month-to-month basis, but they're just short on cash, so they just need that extra, you know, boost, that extra help uh, to get into that uh, get into that home. And plus, when they're looking at their just month-to-month, uh, you know, home ownership or life type of um, expenses, uh, rent's expensive, and you know they're mm-hmm. not getting very far ahead by renting and rents. Uh, at least in our market, uh, really haven't started coming down at all. So they could just get the equity in a house then. Mark Deedle joins us on the phone. Okay, so in regards to these Gen Zers or their first-time home buyers, typically people want to go with location and budget. Those are the two big things. And then you start ticking down the list of, well, I'd like three bedrooms, two baths, or a finished basement, or whatever is on the want list. Are you getting a lot of questions about school district? Um, yes, but not so much so because because of the inventory being as low as they are as they are, they're really looking for that move-in ready home. These types of buyers aren't really looking for homes that they can spend you know a lot of energy and obviously since they need need down payment or they're looking for assistance there, they don't have a lot of cash to go in and kind of fix up a home. So obviously school districts are important, but that doesn't seem to be as important as maybe as I remember even you know three or four or five years ago. Mark, when people call you and they say, "Hey, I'm on the fence. I don't know. Should I sell? Should I not sell?" Um, and obviously, everybody should call you because you support this fabulous show. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What do you kind of walk people through? What's kind of the high level conversation like? 
Well, number one, uh, we always tell all of our clients, buy or sell, it's always a very personal decision. So we want to get an idea. I mean, if somebody's not financially ready to make that purchase, uh, you know, we need to find that out and, and have that discussion really quick on the buy side. Uh, so, you know, what's their emotional, uh, what's their desire? In other words, you know, people act based on emotion. So what's that? What's their big why on buying a house? And conversely, on the sales side of it, uh, oftentimes it's just life events. Uh, so people that are on the fence right now as far as uh, selling a home, they're being much more cautious. And, again, we don't have that inventory coming into the market like we've had in that past. So they're being more cautious. But when people, unfortunately, have you know a death situation, divorce, uh, whatever the situation might be where they just have to sell, uh, then we, you know, we schedule a listing appointment. We get in there. We talk to them about their why. And oftentimes they just want to you know, maximize those net proceeds and move on down the road. Hayes, one of the best in the business, the great market. Deedle, people want to learn more about you. How can they do that, Mark? They can call me anytime. My personal cell is 317-441-7887, or they can certainly get on our website, markdeedle.com. All of our agents' contact information is on there, and my email address is on there as well. Mark, man, we love you. We appreciate you uh, keeping us up to date on what's going on in the central Indiana real estate market. Thank you very much. It's interesting, and uh, call me anytime. Be happy to help. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. morning. It is 943. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's take a look at some trending stories this morning. The Jonas Brothers. Oh. Yeah, they're coming to the Circle City. They have announced they're bringing The Tour, which is a 35-date stadium and arena tour to Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Oh. They're going to be here Tuesday, August 22nd. Tickets go on sale Friday, May 12th. Now, Casey, I have a question for you. What's that? Because you are in the loop because you have a younger daughter mm-hmm. uh, in her tw- early 20s. 20s, I believe. Mm-hmm. Are the Jonas Brothers still a thing, or is it like what new kids on the block slash the Backstreet Boys have become? Hey, you're going to want to get to Gainbridge because you're going to see Donnie Wahlberg with some untied sneakers raising his shirt for you to see. I mean, what, what, where are the Jonas Brothers, or are they, I'm not saying they're as big as Taylor are Swift. Are they fading away? Are, are they like a Taylor Swift where we still have incredible songs about lovers that have wronged us and uh, lovers that have wronged us and more <laughs> songs about lovers that have wronged us. Where are the Jonas Brothers? I think they're still up there. They're not as high as Taylor Swift is, but yes, they are still okay. very popular. Yes, very good. So there may be some moms and dads who Kev, are going to be buying tickets for younger children. Kev, do you, now, when you say younger, there's a lot of women in their 20s. So I want to preface that but what I'm about to say to Kev, okay. that there are many, and I would like for you to verbally confirm so I don't have a member of a local police department knocking on my door. There are a lot of women in their 20s and 30s who still seek and enjoy the Jonas Brothers. Yes, absolutely. Very correct. Yeah. All right. So, Kev, here's what you got to do. And I will tell you this from experience at the Backstreet Boys concert. No. uh, New Kids on the Block. New Kids on the Block concert several years ago. The woman to man ratio (laughs) at said event to pull a Joe Biden, no joke, probably 35 to 1. And what you will see when you go to said concert is you will see a line 
at every women's restroom that is draped around the corner, out into the hall, yep. and backing up into your local concession stand. Yeah. The men's room, yeah. you could uh, play Scrabble in there. You could uh, light up a cigar, which is not allowed in there. Uh, you will have that all to yourself. But your woman-to-man ratio, if you are looking for the potential future Mrs. McNamara, you may find her there. All right. I'm, Get I'm, yourself a ticket to I'm that. I'm taking notes. Even if it's you're at the top of the stadium... Just the ability to meander around the hallways. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, would you like a uh, come on line? Would you like a freebie? Here yes. Yeah, sure. I don't know if he wants to hear it, but I do. Well, okay. And, I'm, all, um, I'm all ears. Keep in mind, I was once the guy when I was an elected official that uh, told people I was the mayor of Broad Ripple, and they believed that. And <laughs> I told people I could shut off their water and sewer. They believed that. Uh, so here we go. So you find a girl. She's at the event. She's in her mid-20s. And you see her munching down on an overpriced pretzel. So you're, you know, in the hall, you're meandering. You see your dream weaver girl. The lights are shining down. The music's playing in the mm-hmm. background of your head. Uh, just like when I first saw Katy Perry in 2007. Yeah. Yeah. And you walk up to that girl. She's munching on that pretzel and say, hey, girl, <laughs> you've probably had some twisted things that have happened in your past. But just like that pretzel, Let's untwist you. How, how long did it take you to think of that? I did that right now. That was just on the spot. Kev, if you were to look up out kicks the, kick their coverage in the dictionary, there would be a large photo of me. Just, you have seen my wife. Just look at who I married, Kev. Do you yeah. think? And she came on to me. Do you have? So you have no idea if that line actually works. Casey, let me tell you about myself. You can't back that up. Now, I'm a perfectly happy married person, so this is no longer applicable to me. But in the dating realm in which I lived, I had absolutely no shame. (laughs) Because as P.T. Barnum Mm -hmm. so well articulated many years ago, there is indeed a sucker born any minute. (laughs) And you would have thought with some of these girls, I had convinced them that a Brownsburg town councilman could declare war on Japan. <laughs> I believe it. Put that in your pocket, Kev. Oh, I'll keep uh, it. Also trending this morning is Peter Ducey. I'm wondering, do you think he has a nickname around the press corps? Like, do they call him the Deuce? <laughs> the Deuce is here. <laughs> well, there's some people that that's what they think about him. Yeah, exactly. He was pressing Karine Jean-Pierre on the bizarre claim that illegal immigration is down 90%. And her answer to him... Peter, bring down the dramatics. You said yesterday that when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down by more than 90%. Where did that number come from? It was, I was speaking. is telling us the number is. I hear you. I'm about to answer. 136,000 people more I'm about to this fiscal you. year so if far. You, if, you, if the dramatics could come down just a little bit. I, um, it, if the dramatics could come down a little what's bit. What's dramatic about asking a question about. Okay, I'm, I'm going to answer. So I was speaking to the parolee program. As you know, the president put in place a parolee program to deal with uh, to deal with certain countries uh, on on ways that we can limit illegal migration. And we have seen the data has shown us that it has gone down by more than ninety percent. That was what I was speaking and to. to no, I'm, really we're, we're going to go. We're going to move. <laughs> She's done with the dramatics. We're moving on. But I I enjoyed how he kept pressing her, even though she was trying. She was over it, and he just kept on going. Isn't that insightful though of how the government views your right to information. The guy asks very calmly, mm-hmm. not swearing, not lighting off fireworks inside the press room, uh, not threatening anyone, just asks a very calm question about a very important topic. And her response is, hey, Palski, 
Bring down the dramatics. Yes. Yeah. Data shows that 13,000 a day could cross the southern border when Title 42 ends. Also trending this morning, the Golden Dome of Notre Dame. Oh. For the first time in two decades, the dome will be regilded. Oh, what does that mean? That means they're going to add more gold to the top oh, of it. Oh, how exciting. Yes. So the Catholic Church doing very well if we're adding uh, gold to... <laughs> right. I mean, we're... To the top of the dome. We're not talking about like what I'm experiencing in Brownsburg where a school corporation behind closed doors without alerting anyone purchased properties at high value to tear them down and build a roundabout on a quiet town street. We're not talking about having that much money. I mean, even the Brownsburg School Corporation would look at them and go, wow, gold on the top of the dome? Yeah. What's Maybe. the going rate for gold? Is it real gold? No, it's not real gold. There's no way. it's Although it's, it's Notre Dame, it may be real gold. Gold flex. Uh, but I'm sure the signs at your roundabout in Brownsburg will not be yeah. gilded. Uh, no, probably not. Well, no. it's just, it, you have... Casey, you don't know. It is a public school system in the state of Indiana. It it may be a mixture of silver and gold. Sure, it could be like the uh, who was the guy in the uh, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer puppeteer? Burl Ives. Burl Ives, silver and gold. Yeah, silver and gold. It, the superintendent Jim Snap may be walking down the street, silver and gold, silver and gold. Finally, you know, trending property this taxes morning. are really high. Yes, did you I, know that? I do know that. Yeah, okay. And just people wanted, are getting wanted, their assessments. Wanted in. to tie all those together. There, I saw somebody posted something online yesterday that their assessment went up by two hundred and fifty percent. Yeah, that's and and uh, my favorite thing was when these were happening last year, and I know we did not tend to get into this, but yeah. it's our show. And we're never stopping on the property taxes until these Republicans start losing. But remember last year, the response from the lawmakers was, no, uh you don't know. Well, it says right here, the assessment. Assessment isn't actual taxes. You don't know. Yeah, I do know because I can do math. And, and you, the fact that you can't do the math, that's a five alarm fire. Well, now we're into year number two mm-hmm. and the assessments are doing the same thing that they were doing before. And once again, they're going, well, it, it's going to subside eventually. Uh, we don't need anything permanent because, well, you know, in a year it'll be fine. Well, you said that a year ago and it's not fine. And if school systems, and this is happening all over our state, have enough money that they can buy quiet town street homes at high value and spend gajillions of dollars to tear them down with the sole purpose of disrupting the people who live there and not notify them, well, I'd say they've got enough money. Yeah. Also trending this morning, Kevin Costner. He is getting divorced again. His first divorce. Again? Uh, yes. Yes. His uh, second wife is filing for divorce. Uh, the divorce from his first wife was the most expensive in Hollywood history. Oh, at the, at the time or is that ever? Surely. It, it, it's saying ever. He paid a pretty penny. Do we know what year that was? Any idea? Uh, 2011. Okay. So this wasn't back in the Stone Ages. Yeah. Uh, he uh, His net worth right now. $250 million. So um, I, here, here's my thing, Casey. If you are a person who desires to get married, and I think that's wonderful, I am willing to give you one mistake. Okay? You get one. Everybody makes the one mistake, mm-hmm. and you move on, and you be blissful and happy. If you make the mistake again, you know what's the whole, fool me once, shame on uh, you, fool mm-hmm. me twice, shame, on, shame me. on me. I did it. Bush couldn't do it, but I did it. Yeah. Um, you're out. No, no more for you. You got two opportunities. You are just not very good at sizing up life partners, which that's okay. We all have different talents. So I am instituting a ban mm-hmm. on poor Kevin Costner with his $250 million net worth 
ever getting married again. Okay. Let's talk about AOC and Matt Gates. What's going on with them? They have introduced a new bill in the House of Representatives, and it aims to prohibit members of Congress from owning or trading individual stock. Love it. Yeah. I love it. Yes, yes, it, I love it. This is this is supposed to prevent any potential insider trading scandals. I love this. So, in, in, and weird to say on this show, but AOC is exactly right. These people, these Congress people, these senators, they go in regular people, and many of them come out infinitely wealthy on a salary by which the wealth they have acquired in Congress does not compute with the money they've made, especially with the expenses that they have. And they do this because they are allowed to legally insider trade. They have written in the law so they can legally insider trade. If you or I did this, we would go to federal prison. Uh, just look at FTX guy uh, for manipulative behavior. Now, I don't think his was exactly insider trading. But again, point is, they exempt themselves from the rules and they can do whatever they want. I know. I'm just going to say it. Nancy Pelosi. Everybody was thinking it, so there it is. But AOC says the ability to individually trade stock erodes the public's trust in the government. And can you believe we're agreeing with AOC on something? Yeah, you should not be able to vote on your own pay. You should not be able to vote on, on your ability to take stocks. You should not be able to vote on anything that gives you the ability to enhance your wealth. Like, I mean, for example, Casey, let's say you owned an old dilapidated building next to a crowded town street. And you bought that for double the value of the assessed value right as you were coming on a governing body. And then you didn't tell anyone. And then you voted to spend four and a half million dollars to facilitate a massive development in front of your dilapidated building, which any person with a firing synapse in their brain would believe that would improve the value of your building. Like you shouldn't be able to do that now. I don't know. Has anybody done that on the west side of uh, Indianapolis in a suburban community just off 74 with <laughs> inter- uh, with the State Road 267 um, sneaking through it? But point is, these people, almost so many of them are so corrupt. They're so dirty. They're so awful. And they are using their positions of power to to enrich themselves at our expense. Yeah. Okay. So the bill's probably not going to pass in Congress because a lot of those members of Congress, they're holding on to stock that they Absolutely. don't want to get rid of. Absolutely. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning.